Welcome once again to another episode of the Retro Red Octopus Cephala Podcast, part of the Inebriart Podcast Network. The only show where old is new, new is old, and so are we. I am your host of the moment, Parasite Steve, and with me as always are my carbon-based cohorts, Boss Rush Mode, Omaiwa, Mo Shindiru, 8-Bit Alchemy, the city of Townsville is on fire, and Nintendo, mercy is for the weak. Yeah, isn't that the truth? And so for this week, we are going to be talking about shows that are a little bit on the girlier side of things, the, the fairer side of things. And uh, to do this, we actually have some, some pretty cool people in the studio for the first time ever. We have some, some, some guests. So uh, why don't you guys put your hands together wherever you are in your car or at your uh, desk listening illegally, uh, hoping your boss doesn't notice. Okay, good job, guys. Everybody's hands are together. I don't know if you guys can hear the clapping. Um, I was actually talking to the listening audience, but thanks. I, I appreciate the enthusiasm. Can't hear them from here, so. Mm-hmm. We have, from the Throwdown Thursday podcast, Mr. Pats of the Angry Nerd, Patrick Ray Hall. How's it going, buddy? Oh, it's going great. I like girly things. Yes. Well, your your beard is a pinkish color. It is. It needs to be re- It's uh, losing its up. luster. I was actually hoping for more pink from it you. It needs to be touched. I need, mm-hmm. I need to bleach it and touch it up. It's mm-hmm. a whole process. And uh, much more importantly, though, we have your co-host in life as, as, as on the show. It's true. I said as too many times. The Michael Phelps of wine, the mistress of Merlot. M- the real housewife of Transylvania. Transylvania. <laughs> Words. Miss <laughs> Ashes Vaughn Nightmare. I am so excited to be here for this truly, truly, truly outrageous episode. If we can get some words out without screwing them up, and by we, I mean me, it's going to be a show. Road bumps are plenty in these words. It's okay. It's okay. I referred to Batman's son as Damon Wayans the other day. That is a good Damian one. Damian Wayne. That's awesome, actually. Close, almost. No cigars on that, but hey, you know, you don't always need them. Not everybody smokes. And uh, as a special bonus bonus guest, we have we have actually a third guest. I'm very excited to welcome our roving reporter, Dr. Matteo. Yo. <laughs> that's what you got? That's, that's all you got. <laughs> you got a yo? You've been working on that for a while, I can tell. No, that paid off. <laughs> For those of you, was crisp. For those of you who have perhaps seen some of our YouTube videos, for like the seven of you that actually clicked on the, the thing, um, you may remember her from some appearances in episodes such as uh, of Paint and Pixels. We, right, right. We, I think, I think you were in Fantasy, I believe, and yes. well, there she was one more about Shadowgate. Oh, that's right. You were in the horror one. You were in the the OG of Paint and Pixels. Talking about some Shadowgate. Oh, and uh, and sci-fi. It was sci-fi. Yeah, sci-fi yep. Because you came in and you did the Alien Storm cover we forgot. That's right. Yes. So, you know, for all your fans out there, they'll they'll be excited to hear that you're on the episode today, which is yes. pretty cool. So you got to say more than yo at some point. <laughs> no, she just said yes. Hey. She said yes, <laughs> which is yes. pretty awesome, actually. Yeah, that's more than I can yeah. get out today. My God. 
So anyway, today's episode, we have this this idea of, you know, for the first time ever in the 80s, it seemed to me, and, you know, Ashes, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like in the 80s, I don't remember a time before where we had cartoons specifically that were definitely marketed to girls, but in atypical sort of genres. Yes, Queen. Agree with you. Yes. Yes. It was... Um, so I was born in the 80s, so I can't really... Uh, attest to much that was done before. You know nothing about before. You nothing. The, no, nothing. absolutely nothing. I'm There's, just. There, I'm, there was I'm, a moon landing, maybe. There's it no record been... of any of it anywhere. No, like like <laughs> the internet exists. Like I don't know, whatever. Like I'm not going to waste my time. Um, no, but up to that point, especially cartoons, it was almost like they thought little boys watched the cartoons and the little girls liked to play house. Right, they had to be, you know, practice being a mom or a homemaker, you know. Right, all and these things. Like, yay, vacuuming! <laughs> oh yeah, it's so exciting. Um, you know, they didn't realize that. Hey guys, little girls like to watch cartoons too, and if you can specifically market cartoons to the little girl audience, you are going to get so many more viewers. Right. So. Who wants that? Ugh. And this is these are cartoons that are are not just you know sugary sweetness like these were adventure cartoons these were heroines that had like swords in their hands and save the day they weren't just you know along for the ride or to get captured by the bad guy or something like that these were like you know empowered female characters totally capable of total, taking care yep, of business that were marketed for little girls but that let's face it guys I can't be the only one who watched some of these shows. Shows like, you know, She-Ra or Gem or Care Bears, stuff like that. Josie and the Pussycats. Sure. Like, it was it was definitely marketed for girls, but hey, it was on the same time as all the other shows that I'm already going to watch anyway. So it's like, oh, maybe uh, maybe I started off, you know, thinking like, hey, you know, uh, I don't know about this Gem, but oh, it's on uh, right before this other show I want to watch. I guess I'll sit through it. And then maybe eventually I'm like, hmm, I actually like Gem. Right. Saturday morning cartoons were a great market. For girly cartoons, we'll say, because it held a captive audience. You're already sitting in front of the TV anyways, so might as well just watch some more shows. Right. And I think, you know, like I said, for me, it definitely started that way. Do you guys have any similar experiences with, uh, or is it just me? Um, I mean, when I, like, I'd say the first, like, girl E show that I really started watching was Powerpuff Girls, and that was because I was watching Cartoon Network, and there was a million shows on in a row. And you were, but, you were born in, like, 2011 or something? Right, yeah, so I'm basically Generation Z or whatever. Um, but, no, I, I mean, I was growing up in the 90s, and uh, Cartoon Network had a lot of shows on in the late 90s, like, early 2000s. And I remember watching Powerpuff Girls and immediately loving it. Like, I just thought it was super funny and had, like, really great timing, really great action, like, very good, um, you know, sense of humor about it, but also strong female characters that I didn't really think twice about. Like, it didn't seem weird to me that I liked the show. I just enjoyed watching it. The the thing that made me self-conscious, are you ready for this, is I like Powerpuff Girls so much that I actually got uh, a game for the Game Boy Color. And I loved it, but I did not want any of my friends to know that I played a Powerpuff Girls game because oh. I felt embarrassed that they would make fun of me. And I don't know what, like, there wasn't a specific event to make me feel that way, but I specifically remember being like, oh, I don't think I can tell people you I just like didn't the Powerpuff have enough Girls. Mojo, Jojo, I didn't have off. the Mojo, Jojo. 
But, you know, now I don't give a shit. Uh, so I think that the Powerpuff Girls are awesome. They're super, still super funny. I watched a bunch of episodes the other day, and I was like, oh, my God, I remember all of these. Yes, the, you know, the the professor, the the mayor, like, cerebellum, like, all the bad guys are so clever. I don't know. I love it. Yeah, so, I, I totally watch a lot of it, too, actually. Yeah, Powerpuff Girls And I'm, Girls like, a million awesome. years old, so. Right, like, you know, so we're so, all there. So it was creepy with when you did it. Yeah, but whatever. I'm over it. We're all over it. We're all we're all accepting of our weirdness, uh, but yeah. So that was a show that I I definitely enjoyed. I also really liked um, the Care Bears back in the day. I watched the Care Bears movie a lot, uh, and I remember thinking that it was so adorable. But I also just really loved all the different um, you know Care Bears and the Care Bear cousins and stuff and their little symbols and like learning their names. And it was like just really like a happy positive positive movie i didn't see a lot of the show but um i did i did really like uh that movie and and you know i i feel like i i got exposed to like things like the last unicorn and stuff from you parasite steve so i I don't know if i ever really thought of that as like specifically girly like i know it has a unicorn in it but there's not really anything about it necessarily that's like for girls right like now i think we associate like unicorns are like on girl stuff but it's a horse with a horn. Like, that's pretty metal. I don't know. <laughs> like, it's really, it's just funny how it kind of became that way. But, yeah, I mean, I think I've always kind of been okay, like, with watching stuff that was, like, maybe more tilted towards, towards like, a girl audience. Because it is the kind of content coming out in the 80s and 90s that was sort of being made for whoever. Um, and I, I'd say one show that I didn't watch a lot of, but I, kn- I know a lot of guys who were, who did watch was, like, Sailor Moon. Um, and I know that there was a lot of people who were really into that, um, probably from like the anime standpoint of things and watching that it is, it's kind of like, it falls in a weird gray area where there's like, there are some really great, strong female characters in it, but Sailor Moon, like is kind of a dork. Like she, she's like kind of not a good student and she's like really ditzy and just cares about going on dates with tuxedo mask. She's, she's the worst like role model ever. Right. Maddie, do you want to say something about that? So. I watched it, like, I forget when, and all I remember is that she, like, it was kind of like the kind of show where she just liked boys. That's yeah, and I she, remember. and I, I, this morning I watched an episode, I watched season one, episode one, and then I watched an episode from season three, and in both episodes, Sailor Moon. of Sailor Moon, okay. and in both episodes, she was doing really poorly on a test, and she was boy crazy. And it's like, man, this is like a lot of episodes apart and it still felt very much the same. So, I mean, I, I didn't have a really like large exposure to the show. And from what I've seen, like some of the other sailors are great. Like Sailor Mars is awesome. I mean, from what I've seen, like, you know, Venus, Jupiter, Mercury, like they're all great. But for some reason, they made Moon, the main character, like the ditziest of all of them. And I guess it's it's probably to show growth, right? Like because it's good to have a main character that's not like perfect, but I didn't see any improvement from her either. After after you know two seasons have gone by, I was like, she still feels like she's like exactly the same as in season one, episode one. So I don't know. I don't know if anyone else has like thoughts on that kind of depiction. That's one of the reasons why the Sailor Scouts were there to kind of balance it. right so to balance just, her out. So you know, little girls or boys could watch it and be like, oh, you know what. I'm I'm Sailor Mars. Right. You know, I have the I'm, one that I'm I that Sailor I associate Mercury. with. Right. You know, right. So, you know, they 
kind of covered more bases mm-hmm. with the introduction of the Sailor Scouts. I mean, again, I don't know why they decided to do what they did with Sailor Moon. Like, to the extent character. that they did it. Exactly. But I, I, I do think that when you take the whole scope of the cast into play, there are a lot of great female characters. Right. You know, but it's just the 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 core main, you know, leader, if you will, you know, if you want to call it that, because it's call it's her show, whatever. Um, she's she feels like not the role model. She's not the one little girl should try to be like. It's it's more like the other Sailor Scouts that are like either very like intelligent. They're all very focused on doing schoolwork. Like it's very emphasized like that Japanese culture of you know studying hard and and pass your exams and get into high school. Like it's all really enforcing good things. But Sailor Moon just kind of wants to blow it all off and go on a date with Tuxedo Mask or you know whatever his name is. Yeah, and I mean the episodes that we watched, like Doctor Matteo and I watched, uh, we only saw like what what do you think like three or four. And then you sort of lost interest. And at that point, we hadn't really met any of the other Sailor Scouts yet. So we didn't get far enough into it. But yeah, it was a weird thing. There wasn't that balance. So maybe there does eventually, you know, you get there. But there are so many other other shows that were trying to instill, like, great things that you'd love, you know, your your son or daughter to emulate these you know things up things about like friendship and just good morals and stuff like that there was a lot of lot of that stuff too so i think that because this is such a big topic i think to reel it in maybe what we can do is kind of uh go down the list of the shows that we've mentioned kind of off off mic and just if anybody has general thoughts let's talk about it and then we'll move on to the next thing. So let's, I think we can kind of, you know, go down the list. So I think let's start with, and I know this is something that um, Maddie has some opinions on too. Um, let's talk about She-Ra. Um, now this is something that I definitely watched because I was sitting down watching He-Man. Yeah, same so, here. So this was not a show that, you know, I don't know that I would have watched She-Ra if it wasn't for He-Man. But since I was, and they put them on next to each other and stuff, you know, they spun it off. It was great. It was like, it felt okay. So to me, there was never a girl show that was more inclusive to boys than She-Ra because it felt okay. Because to to 8-Bit's point, when he was saying like he was, you know, a little embarrassed... That is this sort of like, you know, grr, masculine sort of mentality that was bred into us always about, oh, you're only supposed to like certain things and whatever. That seems a lot more silly now than it did 25 years ago. But 25 years ago, it was a thing, you know, and it, it was like, wow, I don't know if I should admit to my friends that I'm watching this show or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I think with, with something like She-Ra, it was the first thing that I felt okay about. Like I talked to my, my guy friends and would be like, oh yeah, well, you know, I, I, I watched that too, sure, yeah, you know, but, but He-Man's the one I really like. You, know, you, you would admit it, but there was always like a caveat, you know, explaining it away. And I think it's awesome because we wouldn't be where we are now with this, you know, culture of all these guys who like My Little Pony and all these different things where it's just, it's a lot less worried about right now than it was back then. I think you had to start somewhere, you know, and get through, work through all those feelings and stuff. And and I think that it's awesome. But for me, personally, it started with She-Ra, and that was like, okay, it spun off from He-Man. She's his sister. Anyway, what do you, what do you guys think? Patsy, I know you have uh, some experience with the show. Well, see, I'm, I'm like you. I was a huge, huge He-Man fan. And I think part of the appeal of She-Ra is... 
you know, I think they were going for the the boy and male audience. I mean, they called her the Princess of Power, you know, and they had the very similar, um, you know, the power transformation with the holding up the sword, mm-hmm. saying the magic words. Yep. And one of the things that you know, I, I've I've gone back and rewatched He Man over the years. It's tough. <laughs> it is. And like Funimation is tough. When you think He Man, the first thing you think of is like him holding aloft his sword and saying his magic words, but he never uses the sword in combat. So if you look into, you know, taking that into what Shira did, you know, she never really used the sword in combat either. But her villains were so much better. Hordak was a million times better than Skeletor. <laughs> Skeletor was whiny and he surrounded himself with incompetent fools. Yeah. Hordak was like pure evil. Plus like, he snorted. You know, yeah. as he spoke. Like they, He'd be like, Oh, hey, what are you guys doing? I don't know. Uh how about uh how about we go over here? Uh Right, like she had the much better rogues gallery. Right. I always remember like Hordak just his his design just looked really cool and I just kinda just uh, that appealed to me too. It was like, Oh, he's, this guy just looks looks really cool. And his armor had bone piping. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I mean you had like the, the, the cooler the, the cooler uh, design to the villains. Mm-hmm. You had you know the similarities between He-Man and She-Ra. Um, I don't know. I just... I gravitated towards it. And it it's not like, oh, okay, I'm going to watch this because it's on and I'm waiting for another show. It was, I'm going to watch this because it's interesting because uh, I like He-Man and I want to know more about the mythology behind, right. behind it. Right. So that's what gravitated me. It was world building. That. Right. Yeah, that's pretty much how I felt about it too. It's like it's just a continuation of He Man. So all right, why not? And it's on right afterwards. So it's like yes, it's, I'm just I just feel like I'm watching more He Man, mm-hmm. except yep. it's just from a slightly different angle. Totally. Yeah. And she she was in Etheria instead of Eternia. Yeah, I mean it was. I thought all... that was a great name to go to. It's like Eternia. Yep, Etheria. Perfect. She, she shouts for the honor of Grayskull, right? Yes. And she, you know, she has her, you know, her trusty side. I forget the name of her, her Pegasus there, but Mittens or something. Maddie, do you remember if it was Mittens, though? I don't remember. I don't don't remember the name of the horse. All I remember is Oh, Swiftwind. Yeah. Yeah. All I remember, well, now I remember that, but all I remember is that it's a horse with wings and it talked. It talks in a boy voice. It talks in a man voice. It's man. like, hello, Shira. How's it going? <laughs> like, it's, it's so, so startling. Cringer, like, whoa, whoa. Cringer was annoying. That voice just came out of that, that, that winged horse. Okay. Cringer was annoying, but Battle Cat was amazing. Yeah, Battle Cat was my favorite character on He-Man. Battle Cat's the best. But, all right, so just some, some really quick, I wanted to rattle off the, uh, I thought these stats were pretty impressive. Funimation made both of those shows. They were notoriously, you know, known for cutting corners to the point where whatever shape the thing started out as, it ended up as a circle. But, like, over two seasons, She-Ra had 93 episodes. That's a lot of episodes. That's a lot. Isn't that amazing? That's, wow. That's a lot of raw. Sure is. So um, I know there's obviously this new Netflix uh, reboot, and I think it'd be cool to talk about both. So, Ashes, is there anything you want to talk about with the original and, like, your introduction into the show and stuff and feelings and that kind of stuff? So I was really into shows that had great accessories. I mean, talk about being girly, you know, very, very typical. Oh, you, oh you're um, one of those who says accessory? Do you say bagel? Do I say what? Bagel? Do you say online? Do you say robot? 
I say robot. You say robot. Okay. That's, I knew because some... of, that's because of John Zoidberg. Ah, gotcha. Continue. Accessories. You're going to get made fun of a little bit on the show. You're just, it's just going to happen. I should have drank more before this, huh? <laughs> we have, we have plenty left. I to offer you wine. You said you got a bottle of water. So. The official slogan of the Retro Over Doctor Bus podcast, we should have drank more. <laughs> um, she's the mistress of Merlot, not Merlone. <laughs> Carl Merlone? Um, but no, I just... So, the I loved her look. Her tiara her outfit you know like that was the first thing that kind of drew me to her like wow, honestly i still she, love her look well exactly. she looks awesome like she looks great she looks powerful like she looks powerful like, like she a valkyrie looks, yeah, yeah yeah like she just looked amazing and you're just like wow like what yeah the golden this? wings on the side of her head like how many superheroes can we mention with wings on the side of their head she sure. really looks Fantastic! Like that design, the the like way that the headdress looks like is. a goddess. Yeah, like a, like a legit goddess. Like you just, you, I, I couldn't take my eyes off of her. Like it's like, wow, I want to be like that. Like, can I be one of those when I grow up? Um, you know, and the fact that she was so 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 kick ass. You know, and and like I said, it, it's not so much my wheelhouse. I watched a little bit of Shira growing up. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know why I, I wasn't uh, into it more. I feel like I'm into it more now as as an adult than I was as a child. I mean, I was four, so what do you want? Um, as you know. a woman, <laughs> you know. But um, yeah, I just thought it was a a great um, like. Uh, partner piece to to he-man so you could watch he-man and they could watch she-ra and you know they had they were literally brother and sister shows right right like legit like prince adam and princess adora adora yeah yeah donnie and marie yeah (laughs) actually some of the costumes kind of look similar that's true um i don't know which one was a little bit country he-man or she-ra i think he-man I think they were both rock and roll. I don't know, man. Uh, no, nah, Shira was definitely more rock and roll than yeah. He-Man. Okay. I mean, He-Man had that page boy haircut that was just <laughs> yeah. so not and, rock and, the, and roll. And the fur undies. And, <laughs> yeah. And the only, uh, and the, the only secret identity that's worse than Clark Kent. It's like, you're wearing skin-tight purple leotards, but you're huge. You don't even grow as He-Man. I don't know. Uh, never understood why yeah, they, they drew... They didn't cap- recognize him when, he was, when the blue guy came in, and his name was Faker. Fakor. <laughs> Good stuff. Like maybe maybe he should grow. I don't know. Get the muscles. Get the muscles. What is he? What is he attaining? Like the Hulk. I don't know. So now, have you guys seen the reboot at all? I've seen a couple of episodes. Okay, I saw about forty seconds. Super, like too far into it. So, thoughts on that? Um, no. There are there are big thoughts. no. Huh? There are thoughts. I so will, please share them. them. Yeah, please share thoughts. them. Really? Yeah, sure. Well, I, I mean, no offense there to anybody. There are children who, in the okay. room. <laughs> yeah. No offense to anybody out there who enjoyed it. I thought it was a little hokey. Okay. You know, I think that some of these reboots, um, like they tried to reboot the Powerpuff Girls a couple of years ago. Um, you know, Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans. Uh, this And like I said, I haven't gotten... Or My Little Pony, obviously, was a big one. Yeah, or My Little Pony. It's just sweet. It's just a little too sweet for my taste. Like, it's almost like they soften the characters 
a little bit. Now, not saying that it's not great. I mean, you know, if you think it's great, then that's awesome. You know, that's why they have many, many, many different flavors of ice cream out there, you know, to appeal to right. everyone. But I just feel like the, the reboots of all of these TV shows are just a little too sweet for my taste. Fair enough. So that's, that's uh, now have you seen the old She-Ra recently? Before saying that. Yes, I watched a couple of episodes a couple of days ago. Okay. So, Maddie, we have seen all of the new episodes of She-Ra, and we just watched a couple last week, and then we went back and we saw one episode of the old She-Ra, which was the first one that you had ever seen. Mm -hmm. So, what are your thoughts on those shows? Um, So, I think that the new one is a lot better than the old one, definitely. Um. In the old Shira, I think that Catch's voice is very annoying. Can you do it? Nope. <laughs> she probably can, it's, but she won't. Do you want to like, do it? It's like high pitch. She's like, that's Catra. It's, it's just so weird. And I think the costumes in the new one are better. Glimmer. Yeah. You, you said you liked Glimmer's old costume better. Yeah. Because she actually has pants. <laughs> <laughs> Take notes, Tim. I mean, I was going to say there's nothing wrong without having pants. No, there is. You haven't been paying attention to our podcast. See, I, oh. I, I saw a little bit while she was watching it, the, the new one, and I was like, what is this? And she goes, this is the new Shira. I'm like, really? Steve made me watch this for the episode. The only thing I, the first thing that came to mind was like an episode of Clarissa Explains It All when Sam climbs up into the window because like that's what was going on. It's like, oh, I'm grounded. My friend came up to the window. I hopefully shot an arrow through the window and it's just like, hey, let me just get your attention real quick. What is this? She what? Now she's what, nine? To be fair, the episode of the old show that we watched, the plot was that Hordak randomly a pie peers appears like just in his office and he's like he's like oh where's this pie come from anybody whose pie is this and they're like well, we don't know and then and he's like oh i'm just gonna eat it and they're like okay you're you're hordak and he's like oh and he slurps up the entire pie and then catra slinks off and friggin' who walks out but skeletor walks out and i was like oh <laughs> i'm like oh my god this episode's gonna be the best and he's like, ah, did you give him the pie? And she's like, yes, I did. And he ate it all. He's like, ah, oh, ha, ha, the fool. That was made of doom berries. <laughs> and legitimately, the entire episode was about that they had to cure Hordak because he ate a doomberry pie for no reason. And the only way you could cure doomberry poisoning is somebody, it didn't matter who, had to shed a tear for you if you were poisoned. Oh, shed. Okay. Shed. <laughs> shed a tear. And uh, guess what? Nobody, nobody had any tears for Hordak because he's freaking Hordak. Oh, Maddie's about to explode. Please so, continue. So, um, Take it from there. Um, but my favorite part of that episode was because um, no one did it for him, so she did. So she cried for him. Right. So just saying, there's sap. I would think that something that's called a doomberry would taste terrible. He loved it. He freaking loved it. It was delicious. This tastes like doom. It was purple. It looked like the it looked like somebody filled a pie tin with like purple Kool-Aid though. Like it was so liquidy. I'm like he did not bake this pie long enough. <laughs> he drank that pie. Yeah. Pretty much. 
He did, I mean, he literally pretty much drank it from the tin. It was like and a then, bowl of soup with crust on top. And then they cut away, and they cut back, and he was, like, licking the tin. So it's like they didn't feel like... The, Funimation's like, no, 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 we can't spend the money to animate him cutting a slice and then taking a fork and using it. No, it's a message one. against childhood obesity. They didn't want to show him actually eating the pie. Oh, right, yeah. Have something to say, Dr. Matteo? Yes. So, um... Uh, Good point, I oh, agree. Oh, yeah, so... <laughs> 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 um, one part when we were watching the old episode, um, they she right when she came back to save Hordak. Yep. Okay. Um, she was just walking and then she stopped and then, um, and then Bo came up behind her and he just touched her sh- shoulder and she was like, ah! and then and then we paused it and her face was just like. And it was really funny. They can't see your face, but it was funny. <laughs> it was we actually rewound it about twelve times because the sound that she made was less of a ah, and more like a sound that human voices can't make. I don't even I don't even think it was made by a human. It was just like this. It was like this weird, Someone bizarre. On a cat. It was so funny. <laughs> he he <laughs> he really scared the crap out of her. Just walking along, and all of a sudden, stop. did I leave the gas on? <laughs> So, anybody have anything else to say about She-Ra? She-Ra? Anything? Uh, I think that, no, not me. I didn't watch any of the newer episodes, so I have no opinion on that. And I barely watched the old one, but I, mean, I did see some of uh, it, but that was like a million years ago, and I forget most of it. I think that the new one's really cool. I like all the costumes, and all the characters are really good. I like that like- they there is a lot of world building in the new show, and the... Uh, it's actually pretty funny. Like, I'm not saying it's, you know, it's not as good as, like, the new Voltron or anything. But, like, it's it's a decent show, in my opinion. But, you know, whatevs. Um, well, something about the old show I just wanted to mention because it was always the thing that I remembered most, actually, about the old show. I don't know if you remember the little the little character that was, like, the Where's Waldo character. Do you remember this? Oh, yeah. No, I do So, Vaguely. in every episode, Vaguely. there would be this character, and her name was Lookie. Or Lou Key, but she just was lucky. And she was hiding in the background somewhere in the episode. And I almost never found her. And at the end of the episode, she would jump out and she'd be like, Hey guys, it's me, Lucky again. Did you find me in this episode? And then she would go to the frame where she was in and she would jump out of the background. And it was just this neat extra level to the show that I've never seen any other show do. It was just really fun. And um, then she would kind of like deliver the moral of the episode. She'd be like, well, today we dealt with doomberries and we know about doomberries, don't we, kids? They taste like burning. So don't (laughs) eat those unless you have somebody that gives a crap about you and can shed a tear because old Hordak, he did not. They'll leave a light on for you. I just want to say like uh, Lookie or Loki, both those names pretty much work for that character. That's true. That's true. She's quite the trickster. So anyway, Lookie. I, no, I mean, she, you, you got to find her, but she's hidden. She's Loki. Oh, oh, she is. Yes, she is. I see what you've done there. Um, so let's move on to Jim, which I know is your jam. Oh, it is so my jam. You miss Merlot. Jim and the holograms. Especially since you guys are like close personal friends with Samantha. I, yeah, had that happen. That was amazing. Um, yeah, so Gem and the Holograms premiered in 1985 and went to 1988. It was about this girl named Jerrica Benson 
who through holographic magic, also known as synergy, could turn into Jem, the lead singer of Jem and the Holograms. Now, I can go on and on and on about Jem because I love her so much. I remember as a child performing, like setting all of my stuffed animals up and like performing Jem songs you know, in front of my stuffed animals with you my hairbrush. I know I still do that. <laughs> Trying to keep it a secret. Um, yeah, he'll walk in and be like, "Oh, you're watching Gem again, aren't you?" As I like have all of my stuffed animals lined up on the couch. Oh, this my- is outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "I'm just gonna go in the other room." Gem um, is the reason why my hair is the color that it is. I'm obsessed with pink, partially because of Gem, partially because of Barbie, and I'm gonna talk about Barbie in a couple of seconds because it kind of ties in okay. with Jem. Um, but Jem was amazing. And Jem went on all of these adventures. She was trying to reclaim or stay um, owner and manager of Starlight Productions, which is the company that her father ran, who left it to her when he passed. That was the first episode. The first episode of the series is just heart-wrenching because her dad has passed and she's found out that he's first episode's like a pixar movie it's like come on what is this up has died and then she realizes that she and she goes through this whole transformation literally because she becomes gem in that episode too and she's trying to you know save excuse me save her father's business and uh get money for her father also ran and funded the starlight home which was a home for orphaned girls. Oh my God. This is like immediately like Like, just a sucker punch to the feels. It's just like like, (laughs) five seconds in. It's crazy. Right in the feels. And it's like the first 10 minutes of the episode. That's hardcore. I want to take your, your company. You know, I, I, Eric Raymond, he was the, um, other, almost like her, her dad's like business partner. Well, he becomes her nemesis because he, backs the misfits and if you've ever seen gem you know that their big rivals are the misfits is glenn danzig in the band? i was gonna say danzig just <laughs> runs around punching everyone and, just and, punching and girls Doyle in the face yeah he's, got, he's yeah, just got no. green hair and twisted sister makeup but they want Den, their skulls it's definitely glenn <laughs> den glanzig <laughs> den glanzig that's his name on the show how did you know you've seen it it's glanzig i mean i watched glanzig <laughs> nice but what was so great about each episode it was all about girl power it was about friendships it was about family it was about doing the right thing you know there wasn't a lot of violence but you know there was still a lot of action there's a lot of glamour and glitter and fashion and fame oh my did you did you were you drawn to the accessories of this show (laughs) i was very much drawn to the accessories of the show so much that i actually have a pair of the earrings that she wears and they light up when you touch them does it does it work do you turn into a superstar with pink hair she are you already already oh you so you wouldn't know if they work because it's just like what's it gonna do she never takes the she never takes the earrings off off. i'm like it's showtime synergy forever Forever, <laughs> the show never stops. The show's never going to stop. Fun story about those earrings. I got those for her at like a Newbury Comics or something, and she wore them the time we met Samantha Newick the first time. And she's like, "Oh, are you wearing those earrings? Oh, that's so nice!" And she just reaches behind her ear and turns, turns them on. Like I had a hell of a time, like, and I was looking at them trying to figure out how the hell they turned on. Well, you're not just, friggin' Gem, well, dude. I say oh, she no. was so gem. I guess I could say Samantha. Gem knows how the earrings work. Yeah, I yeah, think you just did. So. I yeah. think you just did. Um, 
So anyways, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about Samantha Newark in, in a moment, but... Um, give me a minute. This show, just give me a minute. Um, yes, I, so I was drawn to the accessories, the accessories. of this show. Because accessories. I think that's, um, that's, I think, a super interesting thing, like, you know, to... The to, way she says accessories? Yes. Um, but also to, like, see what draws certain it's people to watch a show. It's the way people say accessories. Right. And, and, and if y'all ever seen... Sure, sure, sure. Mr. Summer is Mad Fab. But... <laughs> Thank you. But... So I think it's interesting to find out what drew you to a show. So, like, if it's just the look and then you actually got into the story or what actually, you know, did it for you. Because, like, She-Ra, you said... You were interested in how she looked. You liked the appearance, but you never got into the show. But Jim, you also really liked the look of everything, but you got way into Jim. And that was that just a, like an age difference of when it came out? or um, Well, she I, debuted the same year as Jim. Okay, so then yeah. that's interesting to me. Yeah, so a lot of this stuff was actually watched via rerun. Okay. Because, you know, so some things only had a couple of seasons, but they had multiple, like, like, tens of almost some of these uh cartoons almost had like hundreds of episodes so it's interesting uh gem was on for a year longer than she-ra was but it had less episodes it had uh 65 episodes over three seasons but that makes sense because filmation just pumps them out as cheaply as possible funimation oh what did i say filmation filmation funimation does that yes thank you thank you 8-bit sure sure so i would say that what i'm trying to say gem was a more high quality show by far yeah. And I think the theatrical aspect of it was very well. I mean, I knew that that's what drew me to it. Um, not only the the aesthetics; it's like, oh my god, she's amazing! Look at her shoes, look at her hair, look at the earrings. But it's, it's like, like the, the the performance of the like the showmanship whole, and and being on stage yes. and just the spectacle. Right? I've always been drawn to a spectacle. Yeah, that's hence, why. hence, yeah. hence, who you married? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, the guy's half shark, for God's sake. That's true. He is. He, he just, has fins you don't even want to know. I'm sure she knows. They're called claspers. <laughs> they come come in very handy. So, anyways, um, and Jem was more about the girl power friendships and, you know, it was a little more relatable on that aspect. So, was it like... A lot like uh, what's that movie? Um, not Frenemies, but what's that really popular? Mean Girls. Was there like a lot of Mean Girls in Gem? Where uh, it's like, well, well, yes, because you have the rival band, the Misfits, who they were just they were just not good people. Especially Pizzazz, the lead singer. She just wanted to. Make Do you remember all their names? Pizzazz and was it Roxy and Stormer? Nice. I'll take your word for it. And yeah, Pizzazz, Roxy, and Stormer. Oh, so what's um, the movie? And is- then in one of the later seasons, they were joined by a saxophone player named Jetta. Mm, Pizzazz is the name for me. So say. yeah, Piz- but Pizzazz was like the. It's main- a lot of Z's. It was. It's very very. It's almost sassy. pizzas. I was gonna it's say. Almost, it's almost <laughs> like that's how pizza. I would pronounce it. Pizzas. Mm-hmm. Um, Only because I'd prefer to have pizzazz. But a jerk okay. of a lead singer. She did have green hair, though. Nobody had green hair. I mean, this show was very 80s. Like the, the, right. It really celebrated it, 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 the culture of the time. You know, that glam also rock cele- thing. Yes. Banana Rama. They, they all looked like, you know, uh, Banana Rama. They, they looked like D. Snyder and Banana. If D. Snyder was in Banana Rama, 
Yes. It would be Gem and the Holograms. Yes. Yes. Or, or maybe the Misfits, probably. Probably more the Misfits. Just They were a little more um, risque with their fashion. So, gotcha. Yeah, a little more of the, the bright colors and the leopard and whatnot. Uh, but anyways, the only thing that really bugged me about this show, and still does to this day, so Jerrica had a boyfriend named Rio. And then his name was Rio, and he was dancing on the sand. He, he, that he did. Wow, good for him. And he was in this like love triangle with Jerrica and Jem. Playboy, it's the middle, dude. That's your girlfriend. Like, how do you not know that your girlfriend's like the? That's the same girl. Like, sorry, I cheated on you with you. Like, like if, if Pat- I just have a type, you're like, yeah, it's me. <laughs> I'm the type. Your type I'm is both me. of your girlfriends. You remind me of my girlfriend. And so some of the, not, not entirely. The look episodes. on Dr. Matteo's face right now is just priceless. She's perplexed. She's trying so hard to figure it all out. Yeah, yeah. So they were the same girl, but she had earrings that would turn her into like a super rock star. Oh, you know what it's like? Oh, oh, no, no. Is it you, like Supergirl? No, it's, it's more like Hannah Montana. But, yes, but like I felt like yeah. Hannah Montana Alaska was trying so, to be like a country gem. That's so, always what I thought. So like she turns into a different person, and then it's still her. She just kind of gets like uh, like new hair. In and that new way, it's kind of like Supergirl, yeah. where she has she the alter ego. She looks a little ego. different, yeah, and she goes by a different name, and people don't recognize her. Yes. Right, because Secret cartoons. identities were really flimsy back in those days. They, they uh, really didn't try. Oh, yeah. It's kinda li- it is kind of like Supergirl because she only has a mask and no one rescues her. That is true. Masks. You're right. You're right. And then you get Good call. Clark with the his only glasses. thing I know <laughs> about Jem is that she's a singer with pink hair because one day at Halloween, my friend dressed up as Jem and she had a pink wig and then she had a microphone and a big, like, sparkly dress. <laughs> Dr. Matteo, uh, you should tell the listening audience how old you are. I am 10. Cool. Cool. Please continue. I, say, I, I also dress up as Jem every day. I, um, I'm also 10. <laughs> I'm also 10 years old. I am also 10 years old. Um, very developed. Anyways, um, so the main voice actress who plays... Well, does the, the voice of, of Jem and Jerrica is Samantha Newark. She doesn't do the singing parts, however. It was all contractual mumbo jumbo. Um, the singing voice is Britta Phillips, and what they did was they actually had Britta Phillips record the songs ahead of time, so the songs were already recorded when they went in to do the the episodes. But Samantha Newark is amazing. She does the con circuit quite frequently. She goes to all of these different shows. You can follow her on social media. And she media. does sing, right? She, she does she has sing. She did karaoke with a bunch of people. That's where we met her. She did karaoke at the DCU Center in Worcester. Like, people would come in and sing and they're like, she, and they'd be like, oh, will you come sing my song with me? And she's like, yep. And she'd just like jump up and like people were singing with Jem. Singing with Jem. Her most Let recent... the borders at the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... Her most recent album is actually called Hologram. It came out a couple of years ago. And it sounds like, and I told this to her, and, and she loved it. Um, it sounds like if Jem was real and releasing music now, like that's what she would be doing. Nice. It's very, like, just awesome dance, pop, like, just, just super fun. 
boots like, and pants and boots and pants and boots and pants and boots and pants. <laughs> oh, it's the kind of dance music I like. I love boots and pants. Except no pants. Yeah, you don't like the pants. That's the problem with you. All about them boots. <clears throat> That's really cool. It's it's so awesome that she like never forgot. She's not like because you know so many people tend to be if they if they're known for one thing, one job that they did thirty years ago, they get bitter about it. They don't want to talk about it anymore. They don't care about the fans as much. Not everybody's like that though. Right. She has fully embraced what Jem is and what Jem has done for her career and the fans and she's just absolutely wonderful she talks to you like she's known you forever and that you're best friends and mm-hmm. she really 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 loves the Ashes, fans you are always, best friends with samantha newark i i'd like to think so in my mind i am you know like i mean just because no, I, you I, are. I, I stalk her you on instagram are. um you know and i'm like oh well, that's what instagram that. is for <laughs> right um but she is you know we interviewed her on our show uh, throwdown thursday um we also had the opportunity to interview her in person at one of the conventions Rhode for Island the Comic-Con. website that you write for and you know every interaction that i've had with her which has been you know several at this point has just been delightful and it's it's almost like Sometimes they say don't meet your heroes, but like sometimes do it because it's worth it. You know, and I had the opportunity to just kind of tell her what Jem meant to me as a child. And even like as as an adult, I still watch. I have the entire series on DVD. I was watching it the other night. Like it brings back a lot of these great memories. And, you know, it's still. still, Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can seriously through this character because you know i wanted to be a rock star when i was younger right. and you know i still do but i can I you'll can, get there kid you'll <laughs> get there i'll get there someday i just believe i um, have magical synergy earrings <laughs> showtime synergy but anyways i could talk about gem for another hour week year, year. <laughs> so. well what's fun about her just to add on to what's fun about your wife well no i was gonna say let uh, you tell me what's fun about your wife no i was gonna say about samantha newark uh because kind of like based on what you said and based on what she said like yeah she's really well known for being in gem yeah that's what she said she's also like she was in the you know generation one transformers she did a bunch of voices for that she is in uh hook at the very beginning of hook like really it's the uh the mother doing like the uh, like talking about like the plans she has for Peter before he becomes Peter Pan. You know, okay. when he's in the little the little pram before it rolls down the hill, and she just completely forgets that she oh, has a kid. Yeah, that's her. That's her natural oh. speaking voice. Hmm. Like, so she's done a lot of stuff, but obviously, Gem was the thing that like really skyrocketed her into cool. you know the zeitgeist. Nice. I so rarely get to use that word, but you've used it today, and I. I'm happy we were here for it. Yes. And it's on it's on tape. It is. It's on tape. Yeah. As yeah, the, we tape this. Yes. We uh this is analog. This is an analog show which is only appropriate for a show called Retro Reductive. Filmed live in front of a taped audience. Yes, that's it. So Jem, awesome. Uh if you guys are ready to move on, we could yeah. uh mm-hmm. we could just uh take a little sto- short stop over at Carolot, I think. I love Carolot. Do you love Carolot? I don't like to Carolot. <laughs> I'm I'm an I don't care bear. Mm-hmm. I'm an intensive care bear. Are you? <laughs> I'm a Harry Carry bear. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> you see the size of the sombrero that kid is wearing. Hi. Ice cold Budweiser. 
What's your favorite planet? Mine's the sun. Always oh, has been. I, I like s- it because it's like the king of planets. I once stared at it through a telescope for over an hour. I'm curious like a cat. That's why That's my what? friends call me Whisker. All right, we got to stop it. All right, so Care Bears. Back to Care Bears. <laughs> Derailed. Uh, hey, Nintendo um, said something. All right. Uh, <laughs> all right. So uh, the Care Bears, what I have written down is that uh, that they were, they were actually, I, I've known this for a little while, but I certainly didn't know it at the time. They were started uh, by a company called American Greetings. <laughs> And they are a literally a greeting card company, and they just had this one woman who was the the illustrator who did did all the original Care Bear drawings. Her name was her. I, actually, I'm not sure if she's still with us, but her name was uh, Elena Kucharik. And there were ten original Care Bears, even though there's like ten billion now. But there was uh, Bedtime Bear, Birthday Bear, Cheer Bear, Friend Bear, Sunshine Bear, who used to be my favorite, Good Luck Bear, Grumpy, Love a Lot Bear. Tenderheart and Wish Bear. No completely bear? Nope. I don't wasn't it wasn't it Funshine Bear? What did I say? Sunshine? Funshine is That's the, his that's his male child. Yes. Sunshine. <clears throat> the Sunshine, yes. Uh so you're right. No, you you're right. Funshine is actually and I've written it down wrong too. I'm I'm going by notes here. This is terrible. I'm I should be embarrassed. Oh well. Um so yeah, the uh the Care Bears were pretty cool. They were like around for it felt like my whole childhood. There were different shows. There were movies. There were all sorts of stuff. Um, I personally think that the thing that I watched the most, we had this one episode taped, and I watched it a thousand times, and it's on YouTube. I couldn't believe it. I, I saw it for just for research for this episode. It was the first time in, like, you know, 35 years probably Two weeks. that I've seen it. Two weeks. Um and it is the first animated special they ever had. It's called the Care Bears in the Land Without Feelings. Um, Sounds like my kind of place. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, they, uh, they 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 don't they don't like stuff in this place. I can relate. That's I, I should watch this show. They, actually. they don't like. Like I, this, is, this sounds like my jam. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is like seriously up your alley. The thing is, though, that the good guy characters are, are against this place, though. That's Boo! Yeah. so you'd be rooting for the bad guy. There we go. Who in this case was Professor Coldheart, who is the original Care Bear bad guy. He's this sort of like uh, Mister Freeze looking dude. And um, and so what happens is there's this boy named Kevin, and uh, his family's moving away, and he's going to lose all his friends, and he's super pissed. And so he's like he's like uh, just doesn't care. He's just like, I don't care about anything. I hate everything. And he goes off and, and he gets, uh, he's like, you know, kicking stones as he's walking. He's super huffy. And he like gets picked up by Professor Coldheart. And in Professor Coldheart's like, oh, come with me. I got this awesome place where you don't have to give a crap about anything. And the kid's like, well, oh, sounds awesome. So yeah, he goes with him. I don't care, Van. Yeah. And then the. Ironically, uh, I care about this. <laughs> and so he goes with him. And then he goes back to his place. Do you remember this? Do you remember this? Do you guys remember this at all? I vaguely remember. Do you remember what happens? You know where I'm going? He goes back. Professor Coldheart has a castle and it's full of these weird, skinny frog things. Yep. And they have like no arms and little beaks. They look like peeps. If peeps were dark green and had long legs and no arms, that's what they look like. Okay, and so they're like his slaves, and they're just like bopping around in the background. He doesn't refer to them. He doesn't talk about them. They're just random these frog peep things. So then Professor Coldheart, he's like, ah, get Kevin a drink. 
And one of the one of the frog things like all of a sudden pops out arms and makes this like shake and he shakes it like shaken not stirred but you know and he, and he hands him this bubbly volatile looking soda thing and the kid drinks it and he friggin turns into one of the frog things and 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 he's he sits there and he's like oh do you feel anything and the kid's like no and professor coldheart's like mmm perfect and then he just turns into the one of the frog things and he's like well come here slave and then that's it like the frog things can't talk anymore they're not it's like pinocchio when they all turn into friggin donkeys but it's like it's like worse i don't know it was so unexpected and as a kid like that was so dark like i hadn't like i was probably five years old when this came out but like oh my god like that was so dark for me I couldn't think of anything else like that. And it was just like, you know, they save the kid by the end of it. You know, they solve it with a Care Bear stare like they always do. And that's, that's what happens. The Care Bears come for the rescue. But the yeah. Care Bear store is basically the analog of a blazing sword. Sure. It can do anything <laughs> you want. Ex machina. Yes. yes. But anyway, does this, does this sound familiar? Yes. You remember no. that? Yes. That's my Care Bear story. Please, 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 please take it from there, somebody. Well, it's going back and rewatching the Care Bear movies, the, the first one and the second one. I almost forgot how dark these cartoons were. It's like, yeah. wow, no I, wonder we were so screwed up as children. No kidding. Like, I was just thinking. We <laughs> I, well, I rewatched the Care Bear movie, the first one, and I was thinking the same thing. Like, the Care Bears were such, like, a loving, positive, like, friendly, happy property. But this movie was, like, really dark. And, and a lot of the episodes were like that, too. Yeah, and it's 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 kind of funny because you're not expecting it. Like, your guard is completely down, right? Like, looking at what these these characters are. And then you have, you know, Nicholas being taken over by this evil Nicholas. book. And, and he just, like, he's like, you know what? I hadn't had friends my whole life, and this one evil book is talking to me, and it's sounding real good. So I think I'm just going to take all of the love and care in the world of all children and just like make it go away yeah, and, it, and I feel okay about it was it just me or was like everybody else super impressed that he knew how to read those weird runes like well, I mean how many runes can you read none maybe he's Nordic I mean possibly. We, we didn't find out his dark backstory we just found out his dark current story but I mean like <laughs> it was pretty like you guys say like that stuff was dark like I just watched this for the first time I never was into Care Bears when I was a kid because I tried watching it. I was like, this is lame. Let me go watch He-Man not use his sword on his enemies. <laughs> but it's like, like, well, we're going to be your friends even if you don't want us to be. It's like, <laughs> that's what they say to the orphans. It's like, back off, bears. It's like, we, we liked someone once. And now that we're like five and nine, we can never like or care about anyone ever again. Like, well, we're going to be your friends. Whether you want us to or not. And it's like... They did not say it like that. It was not that creepy. <laughs> no, it wasn't that creepy, oh, but it. it might as well have been. It's like, oh, we're going to be your friends whether okay, you want us to or not. sound like that. They were all vo voiced by Joe Biden. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's like... Here, let me sniff your hair. That's still pretty dark. So it's, like, it's like, I don't want to be your friend. Too bad. I will not be ignored. I feel like that's I feel like that's only dark because you're saying it. I feel like it's actually really kind of nice in the in the context of the thing. But I feel like you're you're taking in a real creepy like direction. You do that with a lot. Yeah. Of so I feel like yeah. your tilt yeah, on things like, could be creepy you know, no matter what's happening. I don't like you. I don't want to be your friend. And it's like, well, that's too bad. Well, it was more like, hey, we're damaged because the only people who loved us abandoned us. And the Care Bears are like, well, we'll be your friend. We won't abandon you. And the kids are like, no, we're all set. But 
they didn't know better because they were damaged and the Care Bears were trying to help them out because they were just little kids. They were wandering around the park and they needed Care Bears. I just want they to needed point friends. out, though, there were a couple things that bothered me about this. Only a couple. Only, all, only two. The first time they used the Care Bear stare in that movie, they all closed their eyes. I'm like, why is it called the Care Bear stare if all their eyes are closed? How does that work? <laughs> these, are the, these are the details you should be concerned with. Well, to be with. fair, they stare with their stomachs. And, as you do. Right. And why weren't they just called, why didn't they just call it a belly beam? I mean, I get you need the alliteration, but belly beam. Well, I mean, yeah. you still have alliteration. Well, I know. I, that's what I'm saying. Like, it didn't rhyme. Right. Yeah, I'm pretty oh, sure it didn't Care rhyme with bear. bear Stare doesn't have alliteration. Right. Care Bear Stare has rhyming. Have... Oh, yeah. Rhyming and alliteration are two different things. Here different. comes the bear blast. Yeah. <laughs> um, Gonna blast you so hard with my belly. The other thing I didn't get is they live in the clouds, but there's a river and they have a boat. With a living sail. And gravity stops like... Gravity works interestingly, doesn't it? Yes. You know, I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're pulled down onto the, the cloud. Okay, cool. But they don't go through it. But it's just a cloud. But they can get stuck in it. It's just magic. They can get stuck. It's just magic. Carolina is a magical place. And why? Magical place. You're not and supposed to care magic. a lot about these no, details. And you can be they're, friends with stars and suns, and it's well, fine. If they're friends with the star, why did they enslave one of them to be the sail on their boat? Maybe it volunteered. No, because it had a frowny face when they were going through the cave. Because it didn't like the dark. Yeah, it, it didn't scary. like the cave. It reacts to like the you know current conditions. Towards the end, where so it's like a mood ring. It's sentient, yes. and when, they enslaved it to be a sail. I think the sail was happy <laughs> for the most part, though. Like almost every scene, it was smiling crazy. Except you well, are I, kind of like a tuning fork, fork to darkness. I kind You're of finding am. it. And you it's are a star. Stars it. should be bright. If you have a star in a cave, that cave's not going to be dark. So let's 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 yeah, see. Go to I, somebody I think who, I think uh, I say go to somebody who watched the show and liked <laughs> this stuff a lot. What do you mean you didn't like it? It was all right. What do you mean you, you didn't, didn't like, like it? it? And then I had to sit there, and he's like, "Well, what's with all the Care Bears?" And I'm like pointing to all of the Care Bears that we have around the house. I'm like, "Well, that's a really yeah, big been, sunshine bear sitting in the rocking chair right this. there." I was like, "Oh, what's that? Is that like cupcake bear? No, that's birthday bear." Oh, excuse me. Is that milkshake bear? They're like, no, it's share bear, you doink. That's what I said. <laughs> yeah, I, said I know, like, because I know the things that would come out of your mouth. I was like, we understand it now. We get how you work. I'm you like, is this two fork? teens to a malt bear? He's like, like, he's like, is that meteorologist bear because he has a cloud on his stomach? a cloud on it? No, it's grumpy. He's kind of grumpy. He's I'm also like, it's grumpy bear. You know what you're making me right now. Right, I'm a grumpy bear. I'm, grumpy. I'm like, if he's so grumpy, why is he dancing? I kind of like... He's his feet. <laughs> he's making the best of the situation. I kind of like Grumpy Bear because he's the only one who's like a breath of fresh he's air like, out of all like of them. He's like emo bear. Yeah, but yeah, like also I, like I when that. he like sometimes enjoys himself, it makes it that much funnier because right. like there'll be, you know, all of them singing Happy Lala and then he's got his arms crossed like, Humph, I don't want to do it. And then they cut away and then the next scene, he's like kind of dancing a little bit to it and you can just tell like he can't even resist it. It's like the Grinch, you know, yeah. with all the who's trying to like, they finally break him down and Grumpy Bear's just like, fine, I have I'll one, dance I have to your one stupid last song. Thing, and this is from the second movie. So, at the end, everybody's happy, and they're all swimming, right? And they all have bathing suits that match whatever their little symbol is. But I think it's the grumpy one gets embarrassed because 
his swimsuit comes off, and everyone's like, oh, your swimsuit. It's like, you've been parading around naked for two movies. <laughs> Why are you suddenly embarrassed? Okay, that is a really fair criticism right there. That's it's like, oh, no, my swimsuit came off, and you'll see me exactly as I've been for the like, past. Care Bear's natural state is naked. Did, did like, someone what? bite from the forbidden fruit again, and now we're embarrassed? <laughs> I think so. That's pretty funny. Yeah, like that. I, mean, I, th- I think Grumpy Bear spends like most of his day just with a permanent, like low grade migraine, though. And you know, like every time the camera cuts away, he's like pinching that little spot between his mm-hmm. eyes and bridge of his nose. Oh, you know it. Low grade migraine. That's where he lives. I think he's more of a realist. Like you know, everyone else is like, "Ooh, everything's sunshine and gumdrops," and he's like, "I have to fix the well, rainbow machine." But no, and they, I don't they have they a wrench. All like... I have is a lollipop. We got hugs they... and tugs over here screwing with my rainbow bridge, and I'm just trying to fix it. Jesus. <laughs> Whoa, this makes square bubbles. Watch me press the button. I'm oh. a baby. I know what this does. I need a tool shaped like a lollipop. What do we have? <laughs> I have a star. We have a lot of clouds. And then he ends up fixing it because he's like, ah, oh, gee, look at this. A star found its way in here. It's like, wait, you, you thought you maybe needed a wrench, but actually there was just a living organism stuck in there? Like, how did you how did you mix that up? It's, like, very, very different problems. And then, like, they show up wearing their raincoats and ponchos, which, again, have the matching, matching, uh, the rain hats and ponchos, with the matching logo on it. Like, oh, I guess the machine worked. It's like, weren't you working on it? Like, are you not the least bit surprised to just show up teleported somewhere? It's pretty wild. But, yeah, somebody else talk, because I'm... Looking, looking back, uh, I did not just watch this movie, uh, unlike all y'all, but um, I have seen it, obviously, a few times. But I do remember the Care Bear Cousins, and I thought they were, like, so awesome when I was a kid. I loved the Cousins. It's like, oh, they have different animals. Um, and Swift Heart Rabbit was, like, totally my favorite. But um, I did not remember they were introduced in the first movie. Yeah. That felt, like, so early. Like. That's, well, at that point, I would have um, thought at least I, the second one or something. Yeah, well, but. they had had a couple of uh, TV specials at that point, and they had, um, I think, the first TV series was out because there was a couple of okay. them that ran like concurrent to each other. So, like, almost like uh, I know them by like the villain. The villain would always the, change yes. when it was a different show. Yes, because it was. What was Professor Coldheart, and then it became like No Heart was like this evil wizard you never saw his face. He was just kind of a dark hood, right? And then there was like Beastly, Beastly and Shrieky, yep. who had the purple hair, which was amazing. Shrieky sounds the- like a Pac-Man ghost. I thought they were part of the Adams family. <laughs> that yeah. wasn't rehearsed. Nope. But yeah, so it, it seems early, like as far as like the movie goes, with the introduction of the cousins, but in, it really wasn't. But, you know, they had to sell more toys. So the movie came out in 85. The first drawings of the Care Bears on the cards were actually from 81. So, yeah. Yeah. And then in uh, 82, they actually launched the characters like toys along with a book series as well. So I liked how the Care Bear cousins started off the movie not having like symbols on their stomachs. And then, like, no by the end, on their bellies. right? They get inducted. They're like, you're officially Care Bear cousins now. You know, because you, you were nothing before and it doesn't matter, but it's a good thing you have a big blank slate of a stomach that we can plaster a symbol onto. But Tenderheart was responsible for giving the tattoos out, which we're I was like, that's taking you and adopting weird. your culture. You're gonna, you're gonna appropriate. <laughs> yes, that's the word. But they didn't have the resistance is futile cousins. Yeah, see, they had the alliteration. 
Now they didn't do that in the movie in the first one at least. Yeah, they right? did. Yeah, the they did. cousin call. Yeah. Dude, did you miss the climax? But they didn't. They they still didn't have their uh, their logos. But oh, like, like oh, when they the when they summoned like, all shoot, the other ones, right? Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah, yeah, the yeah. elephant like shoots his his trunk trunk beam. Yeah, he was like, Bruh! I don't know, I don't whatever <clears> elephant. It's a report like. or something. I don't know. A trumpet blast. Yep. Mm. So this episode's getting a little long in the tooth, so I do want to get to The Last Unicorn, which 8-Bit mentioned. Uh, so, Ashes, do you have anything you want, to, you want to go through before we get to that? So, let's just kind of go through... Not sure what that was. <laughs> the little bits little of bits. stuff. Um, so, Rainbow Brett was also really big. Um, more so in toys than on television, and they did have the movie as well. Which also was, a card card selling property. Yeah, right? yeah. It started out as uh, Hallmark. under Hallmark, yep. correct? So, and that was really awesome. And again, talk about another series that goes dark. Yeah, like the, the uh, movie, the Star Stealer. Um, yeah, that got really dark really quick. Uh, but it was a property that could easily, um, you know, be for either gender agreed because like, of all of the animals and stuff that were involved and she had the color kids as well right, which helped right. her paint the world i think that's color. kids of color right <laughs> <laughs> yeah in 2019 <laughs> reboot yeah it would be no not colored kids oh, oh i'm sorry no, no, i, I miss her no, no, yeah the, the, the color the benetton kids. buddies <laughs> Like, there was, like, Lala Orange, and I forget some of the other names, but... I do remember Groovy Red... Grape. I remember Red Butler, which is a, a yes. reference I did not get at the time. Yeah, me neither. Again, I now, though, it's great. I don't give a damn about that re- that reference. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm like, why is he a butler? He's clearly not a butler. Why is his name Butler? I don't understand. <laughs> and the um, 1986 My Little Pony series was also really great as well because they went on a lot of crazy adventures and they did it was all about um like friendship and doing the right uh, same thing a lot of these 80s cartoons were all about you know a little bit of action friendship doing the right thing morals and And buy our toys yeah exactly and buy our toys i actually just bought the 35th anniversary uh moonbeam no moon day moonshine (laughs) (laughs) i called him professor clip clop i was wrong yeah yeah you you just bay, bay a little bit uh and that's something that's crazy too is a lot of these toys are coming out in like the anniversary sets. So um, I think it was the Care Bears just had an anniversary not too long ago. My Little Pony's having an anniversary. Uh, Cabbage Patch Kids had an anniversary not too long ago. So it's merchandise. It's like every year they have an anniversary. Yeah, so let's. Uh, speaking of ponies, why don't we just get into The Last Unicorn? Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, so it's it's interesting, you know. We have uh, at this point a, a, a fairly active Facebook group, which is pretty awesome. We love you, Retroids. You guys rule. And and when I had posted about this episode that we were going to be doing this, a lot of people commented, and I did post a picture of the last unicorn. And there was a lot of contention because a lot of people kind of j- just came out of the woodwork, primarily guys who said this is not a girly thing. This is a fantasy thing. This was one of my things, too. I love this movie. It's not girly. It's not girly. It's not girly. But I actually uh, included it because you actually asked for it, Ashes. 
So, which is awesome. So, I mean, but I do think it belongs for the same reason that I said earlier, where, you know, it was this sort of a thing where, you know, a little bit of embarrassment. This was a movie that I saw a million times when I was growing up. I love this movie. And it was um, something that I was a little bit like, like 8-Bit, like you said, with the Powerpuff game. I'm not sure if I should tell my friends. It's like, it does seem silly and it is silly. But that's just how it was back then. Everybody would make fun of everybody for everything. So something like, you know, oh, it's a it's the last what? You're watching unicorn movies now? What are you doing? You know, and in, and in reality, the movie is like this incredibly like downer of a movie. It's this like dreary, uh, you know, dark fantasy. And all it starts it's, with that like wispy theme song. Carol like, King. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, that, you was, know that, was a, that was a song by America. Oh, yeah. America, America did, did all yeah. the songs for America that. America oh, did Carole all King, the music. Carol King yeah. was... Uh, Care Bears. Care Bears. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, you knew some children with some uh, swarthy voices there when you were, uh, when you were younger. Yeah, yeah, well, that's, that's just... Uh, it's my all-purpose voice for people. That's, that's how I do you, too. Like, hey, hey, Steve, how you doing? My name's Patrick. Hey, look at me. I'm Punky Brewster. Yeah, it's the same <laughs> thing. That's exactly it. <laughs> Showtime, um, Synergy. Oh, <laughs> did you hear how swarthy my voice is right now? My yeah, God. Yeah, stare, go. Uh, I don't know the difference between something that rhymes and something that alliterates. Hey, whatever. So, uh, so yeah, The Last Unicorn, though, very depressing. I personally love the soundtrack to this movie a lot. Like, I love mostly all the songs. Yeah, the songs are great. I just like, I just don't like the theme song because it's just too wispy and wispy That one's my favorite. And the- but, hey, whatever. Um, it's, it's interesting. The, the songs are all, like, very they're, – they're all written in minor keys. They're very, like, somber – you know, there's no happiness in this movie, essentially, at all. I think other than the, the one really funny scene with the butterfly. Yeah, I was going to say the butterfly guy is just so on his own planet that yeah. he can be happy because he doesn't know what the heck else is going on other than quoting he's on everything he's heard. so many drugs. He's on, like, <laughs> every drug. And the unicorn's just like, look, do you know me or not? Like, do you know my name? Can you tell me Do you me know anything? the Muffin Man, the Muffin Man, the Muffin Man? I think you were expecting me to start singing along and I just... Didn't feel no, it. I didn't want you to. <laughs> I, I'm happy you didn't. Good. I'm glad we're both happy. But yeah, no, for real, that movie is super somber. It's real sad the whole time, but it's got a lot of good, you know, like humorous moments too, you know, within it. But I, I love The Last Unicorn. It's, it's a fantastic movie and still holds up today. Definitely. And I want to hear from Dr. Matteo on this because you haven't gotten to talk in a while. So, so what are, what are your opinions now? You've seen this movie with me like probably years ago a couple years ago or something but we just watched it this week and you said that a lot of it felt like you know you were seeing it for the first time it had been so long so what did, what did you think about it um i thought it was really good and it was very sad but and i also think that like i'm glad it wasn't like the whole movie it was a prince charming trying to find the unicorn or something like the lady but there was one but right, Prince Lear was like a Prince Charming, but he just couldn't win because she really didn't give a crap about him until like the very end. Mm-hmm. So that's just different. Mm-hmm. It's not about like two characters finding love. It has nothing to do with that, really. And I think that I, it was really interesting how all the unicorns were in the ocean because of the Red Bull that chased them into the ocean. And... At first, when it showed, like, forget who was explaining it, 
I think it was the king. butterfly. I think it was a king. Explain the cat. I think it was a king. The oh, cat. the king. Yes. Oh, so I thought you said kitten. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought I think it was a king, but he was explaining like what the red bull did to all the unicorns. You gave them wings. Yeah. And, um, and it said that the red the red bull just chased all of the unicorns in, and that's like all of his happiness is just seeing a unicorn and having them for himself. And when I first saw the ocean, I thought it was just like the foam in the ocean, but then I realized it was unicorns. Right the at the end, they reveal because this guy is so miserable and so selfish that he's willing to take all the happiness out of the world and keep it for himself, just because it's the only thing that's ever made him happy. It's yeah. a very unique, like fairy tale type story. It's really cool. I just watched this for the first time this week, and I think I'm the only one that has never seen it before. But go ahead and ask me how many times he did the uh, Red Bull gives you wings joke. I don't want to do a joke like that. That's so lame. Go ahead. (laughs) I thought. Think more. I thought that you know when because they were showing the narwhals and stuff. I was like, oh no, the unicorns have evolved into narwhals, right? (laughs) Because he kept saying that they were in the ocean, so I assumed that's what happened. Like they weren't. That actually would be really cool. I think. Yeah, totally. Actually, I was just—I just assumed that's what happened, and then it's like, nope. There, there's thousands of them, and see, I thought the Red Bull was a, a metaphor for fire. Like, man came with his the fires of industry burning down the forest, and it chased mm-hmm. the unicorns away. And it's like, nope. It's a literal giant Red Bull. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Well, because I'm—I'm assuming you know I'm looking at it. This is a Rankin Bass thing. They did, you know, The Hobbit, and they did the, the Lord of the Rings, and I'm like, wow, this is very, very similar, like, character design and the animation. Mm-hmm. Everything looks very similar to that that animated, uh, the animated movies that came out. So I'm like, oh, maybe this is, like, the same type of thing where, you know, the whole Isengard, like, tearing down all the, the forest. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, that must Industry be Industry and is. technology and red bulls that drive your unicorns into the sea. Right. You know, the March of Progress. Yeah. So I, I I assumed that's what it was. So like as we're going along, I did really like Angela Lansbury as a villain. Yeah, Mommy Fortuna. Like she's the best. She's like my favorite part of the movie. That whole section with the the traveling circus and all the creatures, the the beasts that are actually just you know ensorcelled animals that are just made to look like mythical creatures, like the. The, the, do, you remember, do you remember any of them, Maddie? The, what they were? There was uh, like a big lion with horns, but it, but it was just uh, like a shaggy lion. And then there was um, a big scorpion that she made them look like it was not a scorpion. Like a well, it, the lion was a manticore. I don't expect you to remember uh, that. But it was really just a snake. Yeah, and it was like never a big trust a snake. It was the Midgard serpent. And I. And then I remember there was a big bird, but it was actually the bird. Right. And then I forget. Oh, yeah. And then there was a big monkey creature, yep. but it was just a little Yeah, monkey. it was supposed to be a satyr, but it was really just a, a chimp with a twisted foot. But the the harpy Seleno. Oh, she was the real McCoy. That sounds like a delicious sauce. It was. Yeah. It's not. It's nine ninety nine at Olive Garden She now. will kill you. <laughs> And that's what I thought was funny. I know where I'm going after the podcast. Mm. Oh, with unlimited meatballs. Uh, Wait, do they have that? Is that a thing? I don't know. Holy shit. They better now. Get your hoppy Seleno right here. 
when uh, Mommy Fortuna is sitting there and she's like, oh yeah, yeah, that thing's gonna kill me, I know. And she's just like, when it finally breaks out, she's like, bring, bring me the it. sweet embrace of death, I'm not even gonna <laughs> fight back. Unicorn's like, I'm like, I even made a comment, I'm like, yeah, they look like they're getting out of there in a hurry, and then like, almost like breaking the fourth wall, Farrah Fawcett's like, yeah, uh, you should never run from an immortal. Mia, oh. Mia Farrow. Mia Farrow. 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 There were fuss sounds, okay? Yeah. Pa, 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 pa. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, oh, they're they're in a real hurry to get away, and she's all like, yeah, you should never run from an immortal being because they'll just want to make you. Uh, It'll attract hunt, their attention, hunt you down, and kill you even more. Yeah, I, so I, let's I, mosey. That that whole <laughs> scene is so good because Mommy Fortuna is like, look. This is my immortality because the harpy will never die, but it will forever remember that I enslaved it. So my immortality comes from it forever hating me and remembering me. It's like that is so, so dark. dark. So Mommy Fortuna dark. is so brutal. You are a badass. I love you. But also, you're kind of a jerk because you enslaved a bunch of helpless oh, hurt totally animals. Jerk. But that was, that was a real rad way to die. And I mean, she wears a tree for a hat. So, I mean, you know. She, I mean, she's got like a totally strong and then she neck. she has a pet crow. On her hat. Yeah, you know what's interesting? Follows. I never, I never noticed, but the crow that's from her hat follows th- the journey from the rest of, for the rest of the entire movie. He's the narrator. He just it, it's it is Mommy Fortuna's crow, so it doesn't start at the beginning. It's not like it's been following her since her she started, but like for the rest of the movie, they, they keep going. To, they'll show the crow on a tree or on a branch or whatever. Um, I never noticed that until this last time, just watching it. My least favorite part, or I was just like, why the whole time? It was when the tree turned into a talking tree. And, and tried to smother the, the Schmendrick with her just, boobs. It was just, why? Why? Yeah, I had the same I was just reaction. Like, how is this in a kid's movie? <laughs> a little kid's movie. Because it was 1982. Kids were different then. Yeah. You watched uh, the Harpy Seleno rip apart two individuals, but the tree boobs. And they were huge. (laughs) (laughs) She didn't have arms either. Yes, they they were. were. They were her arms. (laughs) I think her arms were probably the branches. She's like up here. Last Uh, Unicorn. Do do you guys have, did you guys ever see this movie? I've seen it like a, a while ago. I haven't seen it recently. No, I don't think I've seen it. It's interesting the uh, the same uh, same drawings as as uh, like you said the Hobbit, also the Return of the King, and also um, the Flight of Dragons, mm-hmm. which is a great movie and stars John Ritter and James Earl Jones. It's like an amazing movie, and it's the one that I feel like the least people people talk about the least. Although Return of the King is also kind of forgotten, um, but also it's the same drawings as uh, Thundercats. Yes, it's Thundercats and Tiger Sharks. And, and the first Hawks. ten episodes of the little-known animated Family Feud series? Nope. Oh, okay. but Silverhawks—that's what you're thinking. Oh, that—that's totally what I was yeah. thinking. Yeah, and that's it. That was—that was it. For, and a lot of those animators actually went on to Studio Ghibli. Yep. Shout out to the Giblets. Yeah. <laughs> so pretty cool. Last unicorn. Uh, does anybody have anything they want to say about strong girl power in cartoons before we stick a fork in this segment? I think we we covered it fairly well. Yeah. No, I was just gonna say. I think. Um, a lot of today's cartoons have the cartoons of the 80s to thank for the progress that they, I that agree. they made. Yeah. You know, the, on, on the cartoons from the 80s 
on the heels of the feminism movement of the 70s just really kind of paved the way for what we have today. And now we don't even consider them to be boy cartoons, girl cartoons. Like, cartoons don't have a gender anymore, which is just right. freaking right. fantastic. It is fantastic. So, it just homogenized the whole landscape of cartoons. And anyone can enjoy it. It's not necessarily targeted towards one group of people. Well, I remember that when the uh, the animated show, I think it's like The Legend of Korra or something, came out. And it features like a this you know badass girl that's like the main character, and they asked a bunch of boys like you know how do you feel about watching a a girl be the main character, and most of them were like I don't care as long as she's awesome, right? See, right, progress. that's what matters exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you to the animators and creators of these cartoons from the 1980s who really helped shape and mold what we have today. Absolutely, hats off to all of you. All right, I think that pretty much wraps it up for the episode, the main section of the episode. We have been talking about girl cartoons and how awesome they are and strong female characters and all that stuff. With, with an actual woman. Yeah, with our actual friends that we have, our real-life friends from the Throwdown Thursday podcast. So you're, you're still going to pay us, right? Yeah, in some way. Um, so what I think in right exposure. now... We should do is uh, let's ask the no week's... Pants. Let's ask this week's Octoponder this question, which is going to be... What is your favorite? Let's keep it simple. What's your favorite female cartoon character? Let's keep it to cartoons. It could be any of the ones we mentioned. It could be something we didn't mention. It could be anything you want, as long as it, as long as she's animated. It could be from a movie or a show, whatever you want. So why don't you ponder that, and we will do the same, and we will catch you after this quick break. <laughs> Hi, I'm Patsy the Angry Nerd, lover of science and sharks. And I'm Ashes Von Nightmare, the real housewife of Transylvania and mistress of Merlot. And, and we're, we're the, the hosts host of, of the Throwdown Thursday, Thursday Podcast. Podcast, part of the Somebodies and Grand Guignol Networks. Join us each and every Thursday as we break down all the characters you love and love to hate. That's right. We cover characters from movies, television, books, video games, and even real historical figures. Plus, we discuss science. And wine. Like, so much wine. Like, all the wine. We also pit random characters against each other in free-for-all contests voted on by you, the listener, and reveal the results the following week. Did I mention the wine? Like, there's a lot of wine. So join us on our journey through pop culture on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. And we, and we will, will see, see you next, next Thursday. Thursday. <laughs> Bloodworks Scriptorium, the new album from Enchanted Exile. Eleven pulse-pounding heavy metal tracks, including Embrace Oblivion, Cold Spell, On Widow's Hill, and I Am the Void. Bloodworks Scriptorium. Available now on iTunes, Google Play, and pretty much anywhere you get your digital music. So, go get it. Hey, are you ready to do some thinking? It's about that time where we ask you, the audience, to octo-ponder this. All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, now that you've had a little, little bit of time to think about that octo-ponder this question, which was, again, what is your favorite animated 
female character. We're we're talking about adventure shows and action shows. That Blanche kind from of the thing. Golden Girls is pretty animated. I mean, she. <laughs> I mean, sometimes Blanche goes nuts. I mean, so, there are some gifts out there. You don't. I mean, it's amazing. What about reanimated? Yeah, it could be reanimated. Whatever you want. Um, yeah, so so we've thought about it. I hope you have too. Um, let's uh, let's go around the room right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna start with uh, Mr. Joe because you didn't get to talk much this episode. It's probably best that way. No, 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 it, no. We missed you. We missed you. Come on, just lay lay down your your answers. What you got? What you got? Nintend. Oh, my first my first one I'm gonna mention is uh, RC from uh, Transformers the movie. Oh, nice. she's the only female character in the whole movie, which is kind of weird. Right, there's no yeah, actual, there's like no human, fe- like nobody, no, no they're all female, guys. Yeah, just all, all guys. All male robots, male humans, whatever. And um, It's I- a bolt fest. <laughs> 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 yeah, right, right. So, I mean, I, I, I love RCs because uh, she, she's not a dismal in distress. She's like, no, she's kick-ass, no, she'll fight any Decepticon and whatever. She protects yeah. the, the, the human, little boy human Danny that's in the movie and... She's just a, a great character all around. Plus, she's, she's got a really cool robot too. She's got Princess Leia in a New Hope hair too. So that's she does. Yeah, she does. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And uh, this the other the other character that I want to mention is that Gadget Hackwrench from Chippendales Res- Rescue Rangers. Oh man, that is such a good one. Yeah, um, she's really awesome because because you no, know, she she's an inventor, and I, I just love characters that they're like really smart, like Donatello from Ninja Turtles. Is I'm just so drawn to that for whatever reason, and uh, yeah, that's why. I pick Gadget. Yeah, she was great. I mean, she was the only girl on Rescue Rangers and never became like a, a love interest for anybody. That Like both Chip and Dale kind of had crushes on her at the beginning, but they right. went nowhere and then they dropped it. Right. Yeah. It was, I feel like it was just the pilot. And then she was just, guess what? She gets to be a character of her, on her own terms, of her own volition. She's not defined by something like, mm-hmm. oh, she's, you know, trying to please this guy or trying to be something. She was great. She was an adventure and, and she was a total like space case, which was awesome. She was like <laughs> her. She was super, super smart, but was like almost too smart, almost too smart for the right. room. And like her brain would be like in a million other places, not necessarily like with the group of people she's talking to. And she was just funny. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Awesome. Really cool. That, that is an awesome pick, sir. Yes, it was. Because I picked it. What you got, Berm? All right. Well, I am going to go uh, a little later on in the timeline to 1994, um, Gargoyles and Elisa Maza. And uh, thank you for that beat, by the way, car from the outside. Uh, I think they agree. Yep. Uh, Elisa Maza, totally capable, badass, you know, female character from the show Gargoyles. You know, basically the main character, along with Goliath. Um, And uh, the the interesting thing I I find about her character is... um, she is voiced by, let's see if I can read this text here because my eyes are blind, Sally Richardson. And the, uh, the original idea for, for the character Elisa was to have her be Hispanic, and her name was going to be Elisa Chavez. But when they cast Sally Richardson in the role, they actually took her, you know, her literal uh, heritage of being half African-American and half Native American and applied it to the Elisa character and then changed her to Elisa Maza. So I thought that was pretty neat. So you got a strong awesome. female woman of color you know, in a humongous, important role, very capable to do basically anything. She's, you know... She's a cop! She, yeah, she's freaking awesome, kicks ass, and just awesome representation. And she's just... The show's awesome, she's awesome. Yeah. You know, it's that, is, it, really. that is a combination you never see. I've never seen that ever before or since. Half black, half Native American. That is awesome. Yeah. So, Love uh, that. That's pretty cool. She was a great character. That she was. Also a great show. Did you guys watch Gargoyles at all? Never I watched did. it. Yeah. 
Not one episode. Well, you but should. all the episodes? Not one? Not one. You need to. Yeah, I've been told it's, it's a good show by yeah, you guys it's, just now. It's, it's my mistress. You need show. to you need to crack that whip. And uh, well, get... I mean, I do, but he <laughs> likes it, so <laughs> not much gets accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you got? What do you got, Miss Ashes? So I have four. Oh boy, but lay them on us. You, you see, so obviously, Jem. I love Jem, Jerrica Benson. She is amazing. She is true to herself. She is true to her friends. She is true to her family. And she is truly, truly, truly outrageous. Um, Three truly. I have heard that. And the Powerpuff she's not, Girls. She's not, truly, she's not truly scrumptious. No. That is a different truly. No, that, that is a different truly. We'll talk about that later. Gotcha. But yeah, and the Powerpuff Girls. Hells yeah, Powerpuff I Girls. Love the Powerpuff Girls. Um, they came out in like 1998. They were on for a few years, I think, well into the early, yeah, like like later early of the early 2000s. Yeah. I think like 2007. Because I think I was still in like college watching Powerpuff Girls. Yeah, and at no that point shame. it was like probably on reruns, but I feel like that show got like four or five seasons. Like it, it really was on for a while, and it was great. But each girl, so you have Blossom, who's the commander and the leader. You have Bubbles, who is the joy and the laughter. And then you have Buttercup, <laughs> who is the toughest fighter. And Powerpuff, save the day. Fighting crime, crime trying to save the world. Here they come just in time. Okay, I could go. I also but, like uh, how like the, the one that's named Buttercup is the one that's super tough. So you right. can't, call, you can't tell her to toughen up Buttercup because she's already pretty tough. Right? right? And she was my favorite too because she was bubbly. I bet that's why they she, named her that, actually. Yeah. That's really funny. That well, would make sense, actually. They actually wanted to call her Bud, but they're like, that's just a little too. And then someone was like, well, what about Buttercup? And they're like, that's, that's, that's perfect it. because that's you think one. you're going to get this dainty little like... Buttercup, and you're like, she's like, I'm Buttercup, bitch. Like, I'm, I'm edgy. <laughs> yeah. And she was my favorite. Because she, was episode. Just, she was just ballsy, and she spoke her mind. She wanted to date like the lead guy of the gang, Green Gang. Like she care. just wanted to roll with the bad boys, and she just wanted to kick Mojo Jojo's ass. Yeah, like, she always was leaning on the side of like, let's beat the shit out of this guy. But you kind of have to. <laughs> I mean, you can have a favorite. She was the Wolverine. But, like, yeah. Yeah, like you can have a favorite, but you can't choose just one. Right, no, it is the because three together. you have to have the three of them because right. even though they're all so different, they work so well together as a unit. Yep. And, you know, who else do you want to save the world before bedtime? Who else is going to do it? They are the perfect girls up for the task. I don't know what to say. I, yeah, I guess them. I have nothing I better. Guess. Sugar, Spice, and Chemical X. Be Arthur. Yeah, B. Arthur would be pretty good, actually. I really just want to watch the Golden Girls now. Okay, well, you can. Oh my let's God, let's Henry, wrap this up, guys. If you ever want to do a Golden Girls episode, call me. Okay, we'll do. We have something to keep, keep in the, in the quewe. <laughs> quewe. <laughs> All right, very good. So, oh, yeah. who's nice. up next? Well, no, no, that was that was just no, that was that was two more. That was four. Oh, that was four characters. Four. Are you oh, counting? Are you paying attention? I can do math. Boss Rush was confused as well. <laughs> I was. That I'm was not only bad with y'all. words, I'm bad with numbers. That is four characters. Numbers are words. <laughs> All right, let's let's uh, let's just go over to 8-Bit. What do you got, 8-Bit? Uh, so I am going to go with the 1997 Hercules movie character, Meg. <gasps> yes! Because she's the bomb. Yes! She's not the Meg. So calm the hell down, Patrick. I know. I was like, ooh, hey. <laughs> oh, hey, I like Jacks and stuff. <laughs> Getting sharky Are you talking about Jacks over there? This so, is awesome. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, so I think that Meg stands out because she is a Disney princess, but in name only. Like, she mm-hmm. is so different from every other princess. She's sassy, she's sarcastic, she's funny, she's kind of the bad guy for part of the movie, and she just, like, you know, has to get won over by the end of the movie, and when she realizes, like, I've been a piece of shit. <laughs> I am going to sacrifice myself and jump into the, you know, River of the Damned, whatever, and, and, and do what I need to do. Y'all, it's been, it's been enough years. 22 years is enough time for you to see Hercules the movie. Not if you're like seven now and haven't seen it yet. I've also never seen that movie. Well, spoiler alert. <laughs> and if you're seven wait, years old and you're watching. Hercules? I've never seen Hercules. Really? Or as uh, Joe always called it. What'd you call it, Joe? Oh, uh, Giraffules. Yeah. <laughs> His neck is so long. <laughs> Giraffules. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Giraffe-elise, giraffe-elise, giraffe-elise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so Megara is awesome. And she's so different from every other stereotypical Disney female character up until that point, And really kind of going forward even. Like, I think, you know, in the more recent movies in, like, Enchanted and Frozen and stuff, we've gotten some more of, like, the sarcastic sassiness going on. And um, I think that there are a lot of strong female characters that came about in the pantheon of disney but meg just stands apart for me and i always felt like she was my favorite part of that movie like from the first time i saw it and i think that you know that really speaks a lot to the strength of her character and how much she grows throughout it and um yeah she's just hilarious like i i think that she's the best so yeah i don't know that that's my pick that's what i go with Ash is approved. I, that's amazing. Von Nightmare like, approved. Yes. Good job, 8-Bit. It's been a real slice. Yeah, thanks, thanks. It's been a real slice. What you got, Shark Boy? Oh, well, I have, I have two. Uh, the first one is uh, Penny from Inspector Gadget. Okay. <laughs> she right. was I mean, the main character of the show. I mean, she really was. Like, she was the power behind the throne, so to speak. For like, sure. And I, I, I just learned the other day that the guy who did the voice of Inspector Gadget was the actual guy who was Maxwell Smart. Oh, yep. I was about to mention that, actually. It was like, I was like, wow, he sounds just like him. Yeah. I didn't realize that it was him. So, hey, Chief, get down that cone of silence. So absolutely like her because, I mean, he would have failed like all of his missions. <laughs> yeah. Unless she was there. Um, and my She's second- kind of like the wife in... My big fat Greek wedding who has to like get the husband to make the decisions and not realize they're all her ideas. Yeah. So it's like yes. the exact same thing. Yep. And she like, has to make Uncle Gadget win while protecting his fragile, fragile psyche so that he can continue thinking that he's a capable. Well, also, you don't agent. want him like his hardware crashing and him going insane and like, wiping out humanity. Go, go, Gadget murder. Again, the friggin' <laughs> tuning fork to darkness. Yeah. Well, I. Who do you think Dr. Claw is? Why do you think they never showed his face? Because he's a failed prior version of Inspector Gadget. That is a Next really time, good theory. Gadget. Next time. Next time. And I know, course, he's such a death... He had the, the prototype Christian Bale Batman voice. Yeah. Frank Welker was the man. Which is pretty clever since they did it like three decades before the I know, Christian Bale I know. Batman. They, they, they were such visionaries. They were way ahead of their time. And of course, the second one I have to go with is one of my all-time favorite characters. Anyways, Lisa Simpson... Nice. Because, I mean, she's Lisa Simpson. She is. That is that is true. That is literally that is a true fact. And it's literally, that's what uh, Dustin Hoffman, when he was on the show, he wrote on the, on the piece of paper. When she ever feels like if she doesn't believe in herself, he's like, just read the note. And she opens up the note and says, you are Lisa Simpson. Oh, oh Dustin Hoffman. Well, he was credited as Sam Eddick 
on the show, which is kind of funny. But I don't, I don't get it. Like, Semitic? Yeah. Oh, because he's... Oh, my gosh. But <laughs> um, But, yeah, Lisa Simpson, you know, because, again, you know, she's the brains behind a lot of things that happen on the show. You know, she's probably the most grounded. She's uh, a groundbreaking character in that, you know, she's the first one to, like, openly defy her family as... I'm going to be a vegetarian. I'm going to be a Buddhist. You know, I'm doing all these things that, like, typically eight-year-old animated girls don't do. True. So. Very true. And nice. how about you? Good picks. Thank you. Um, so for my answer, I'm going to go with a rather obscure anime. I'm going to do an anime. And uh, it, it's always one of those things that, like, it kind of bums me out because, like, in the 90s, I loved anime, and I feel like now I'm so left behind, and I don't know what's going on in the, in the whole world of Crunchyroll and all this good stuff. Um, I liked I liked anime from a specific time period. It, it tends to be like the late 80s to like mid 90s. This is a, a movie called Iria Zerum, the Animation. It's kind of weird, uh, ir- or Zerum, I guess. Iria colon Zerum, the Animation. Um, One more time. No. It's uh, it's a weird name, I, I grant you. It came out in 1994. It was uh, it was uh, an OVA. It had six episodes. They're all half hour long. Uh, really fun, self contained story. It's basically in this you know futuristic sci fi world, and she's like a bounty hunter basically, and she wears this kind of uh, almost stormtroopery outfit. It's all white, and uh, she's just really cool. And there's this giant monster called Zerum, and uh, he is animated. In case you're wondering. And he's sort of like this big sort of... Animated like Blanche? Oh, yeah. I mean, not as. No. Okay, well, then I'm not interested. Animated enough, enough to name the entire series after it. And to let you know that he is, in fact, animated. Right. After the colon. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's basically this alien, weird organism that's very unique. And it's like, he's kind of like this almost stingray sort of shape. Or like a tri-corner hat. Crikey. Like an evil tri-corner hat. That's too soon, boss rush mode. God damn it! That, no, too soon is before it happens. Okay. Anyway, so anyway, he but he's got like this this white like porcelain sort of mask on the very front of of it, and and that's actually the face of this thing, and it looks like it's just like an ornament, and uh, it's actually this face, and it's this evil. It can get like all scary and stuff, and kind of kind of jet out. Anyway. Probably not doing a good job of explaining because it's just so weird. I'm trying to imagine a hat wearing. It's a mask. like a tricorner hat with a white porcelain mask out the front, and then it can make a body out of stuff. So like it can like go to a junk pile and make a junk body, or it could go to a marble pile and make mm. a marble body, or it could go to a pile of taco seasonings. You get the picture, and it makes a taco. It's yeah, it makes you a taco. You didn't think I was going to say that, but that's what it is. it's just also nice in that regard. So anyway, Iria is super badass. She she's great. She's like your typical action hero, bounty hunter type, and uh, it's an awesome movie. And I think more people should uh, go out and see it. So once again, the weird ass name is Iria, which is I R I A colon Zerum, which is Z E I R A M. The animation. T H E. Good luck with that. Dash. D A S A. Wait, never mind. So anyway, those are our answers to the, this week's Octopon of This, and now it's your turn to tell us what you think about this week's question. 
which is, again, what's your favorite female cartoon character? And hey, you know, we're still technically uh, sort of a new podcast. Yeah, we have, uh, although we, this is our big 10th episode, I have to say, what, what? Woo-hoo! A big one. Pretty cool. Double digits. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're so cool. But, you know, we'd love to hear what you think about us and uh, the show and uh, whether or not we say words good and all this stuff. So you can reach us at at Redoctopus. Uh, on Twitter, you can email us. Not that anybody does, but that email address is redoctopus at gmail.com. Please do it. Make us feel special. And, you know, you can hit up us. Hit us up. Is <laughs> actually us the bomb. Hit, hit, ah, let me finish the episode. Never. It's so long already. Um, hit us up on the Facebook group, which is a totally jamming place to be. It's just all the kids. They say it's jamming. And uh, and do that because it's it's cool. And, hey. We're also on Instagram, oh. Retro Adoctopus. That's a, thank you, Boss Rush. Thank you. That's very true. We're we don't also, have that written down, so I want to you know get that. Yeah, we have old there. notes. We got to update these notes. Anyway, it's almost time to catch that horizon. But before we say goodbye, <sighs> let's go to this. You got your spiked gauntlets. You got your bullet belt. You got your leather jacket and your denim. You got your hairspray. Well, put them on because it's time for another edition of. Power to the Metal! Here we are once again to another exciting part of the podcast called Power to the Metal. Yes! So, with Power to the Metal, I like to talk about bands that are big in other countries, but not big here in America. And I feel like they deserve a little shout out. So, the band I want to mention this time is by far my favorite Australian power thrash metal band, Dungeon Slash Lord. I'll explain that later. So, the band started off as Dungeon, and they were a power thrash metal band from Sydney, Australia, and they were considered by some as Australia's leading metal band. The group existed from 1989 to 2005, and they released six full-length albums and toured heavily both throughout Australia and internationally, just not in America. So, in 2003, the main songwriter from Dungeon Lord, Tim... Me. Not, not that Tim. Oh. Not You're just Tim. Tim. You're just Tim. There this are Lord some who pants. call you Tim, <laughs> but nobody calls you Lord Tim. Right. Oh, okay. Right. So, Lord Tim had a bunch of material written that didn't fit the, the style of Dungeon. So, he just kind of like put it aside, and uh, he eventually released the album called... If I can read my own writing. This is riveting this is podcasting. Riveting. It's really, okay. I, I lost my spot. So he, he released a personal journey under the name Lord, kind of like his stage name, Lord Tim. And uh, so in 2005, Dungeon broke up, and Lord Tim decided to carry on as uh, Lord, and they released five studio albums, two live albums, and a re-recording of every Dungeon album with the current lineup called The Dungeon Area and a couple of compilations. So a couple years ago, they played in the States for the first time ever at Prog Power USA in Atlanta, Georgia. And I am so pissed I couldn't go to that. You should have made an effort. I know. The ticks are so expensive, though. But it's Lord. You love Lord. I do. Why are you rubbing it in? Why are you rubbing in the, the vinegar? He's got so wounds. Seize the day. Well, then, so that's all for... So next Carpe time... day. Next no. time they come, Stop. you have to go. So that's my next point. Time, yes. Lord, like Randy closer, Marsh. 
What? Like Randy Marsh Lord, like the 16-year-old girl. <laughs> I have no idea who that is. So it's a different Lord. Totally different Lord. Yes. Yes. So that's that's what I got. Pretty rad. Yep. Nice. Very cool. So do you have a, nice. a, like a particular favorite album that you, you want yeah, to suggest a, people that um, I can dive into? Uh, you know, I, I guess uh, Digital Lies that came out in 2013. And my favorite song off that album is The Chalkboard Prophecy. Ooh, and it's a okay. It's nine-minute epic Song? Is there a more like accessible song that somebody could listen to if they didn't if they don't like super long songs that maybe might be a a good <clears throat> starting point we could post uh, New Horizon from uh, uh, the album Set, Set in Stone yeah that's that's a good one also the song Set in Stone I feel like is just a solid metal rocker that like if anyone likes metal they'll like that song yeah yeah now did you say Digital Eyes or Digital Lies, Lies? Digital Eyes yeah I was about to ask that actually. Digitalize. Digital lies. Digital lies. Not one word. It could, it could be guys. Not digitalized. But it's not. It, you could, but it's not. It's Untruths not. of a digital fashion. Hmm. Nice. Very cool. Dungeon slash yes. Lord from Australia. Yes. Where I'm they top, have stingrays. I'm a top fan on Facebook. <sighs> Boss rush you're so heartless. I'm. I'm not yeah. over. I'm not over it. Yeah, I know. But I, it's okay. At least we have Lord. Lord is cool. Lord is good. They are good. Very cool. They're good to me. Thanks, Nintendo. Awesome segment. We'll Nintendo have to check for the Lord. Yes, <laughs> I do. Yes. That's the only the only Lord I'll follow. Mm. That is true. That's true. So this episode is officially our longest episode, and it's awesome. And I want to thank so hard you guys from Throw It On Thursday for being here. Thank, thank you, you so much, Patsy the Angry Nerd and <laughs> Mistress of Merlot. Ashes von Nightmare. Well, thank you so much for having us. This was, yeah, this was super a lot of fun. fun. Oh, I'm glad you guys had fun. Talking about cartoons. Yeah, that's what we do. We talk about... Half of them I haven't seen. Old crap. <laughs> it's awesome. It's like, old crap's so cool. Why is old crap so much cooler than new crap? I don't know what, I don't know what deal is. Because we're old now. Oh, right, right. I forgot the whole tagline. So before we get out of here, I definitely want to open it up and let you guys promo your show. So let's, let's do that. Explain to our listening audience why they should listen to you, even though they have just heard... Your promo on our little uh, this particular episode right now. Why they should listen to us? Um, yeah. Because well, I said so. Because she said so, folks. Also, uh, not to toot our own horn. I don't know how much this means, but we are currently uh, on Ranker dot com, the number one podcast for nerds, as voted on uh, on one of their articles. Nice. So we have. Uh, I did. I one of those votes is mine, folks. Mm-hmm. Like thirty. Me too. No, I I, I, I was only able to <laughs> one vote for once. each of your personalities. Yes. Yeah. We each have our own email address, so we're able to log in each time. No, um, we cover like everything, and if it's something that we don't know about, we will invite someone who actually knows what they're talking about onto the show. We should try that sometime. Mm. So our show is called Throwdown Thursday, and every Thursday we throw down a new character. We discuss it, we analyze it, and we talk about the characters that you love to love and love to hate. Yep, and we also throw in some science, some wine, too many Lots puns, just enough, the perfect amount of puns. Oh, right, that's I always get that yes. wrong. We have character battles. We have some crazy, awesome guests, and I believe in a few weeks. We're going to have even more crazy awesome guests. That's right. These uh, these fine these fine gentlemen of Retro Redoctopus will Our be, Octopals will be uh, joining us to talk about some kaiju just in time mm. for the new Godzilla King of the Monsters. Yes! 
So it's going to be pretty awesome. Roar. <laughs> that's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's going to be awesome. Oh, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, guys, definitely check out Thread on Thursday. They are a super fun podcast. They have, they have great guests, and they're good people, and they rule, and I love them. And thank you once again for coming on the show. You oh, are our first guest. I, I should probably mention where folks can find us. Do that. <laughs> yes. Do that. So we are on uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, Podbean, Buzzsprout. Pretty much All the things. Everywhere you can find a podcast. Everywhere podcasts are found, you will find us. Just search Throwdown Thursday. We do have a group on Facebook. Again, just search Throwdown Thursday. We are also on Instagram and the Twitters. So again, just search Throwdown Thursday. You'll find us. And you can also support us by... Be our friends. We'll have fun. By going to our Tee Public store and searching Throwdown Thursday and buying some of our amazing shirts. Yeah, you guys just uh, got two brand new shirts up this week, huh? Three. Three oh, right, brand three. new shirts, because we have our new logo, and then we have the Mistress of Merlot logo and the uh, the Patsy the Angry Nerd logo. Little plug to Miss Jeanette, Jeanette Andromeda. Andromeda, who is a phenomenal artist, did all of those. The only one that's up there that she didn't draw is my Shark Scientist shirt, which I drew and I'm very proud of. I'm Which wearing, he's wearing in this very moment. I am currently wearing. That's right. Shameless self-promotion. <laughs> so, yeah. It's my favorite kind. <laughs> Is there another kind? But, yeah. Give us a listen and be our friend. Yeah. Do it. We Please. like friends. Do it. Do it. All right. Well, uh, I think uh, with that said, I think we'll uh, get on out of here. I think that wraps up the episode this week. So if you haven't jumped ship by now, we certainly hope you've enjoyed this week's journey over the treacherous waters of all things made growing up awesome. If you like what you heard, please hit that little subscribe button and like us on Facebook and Twitter and the IG, as the kids say. Retro Redoctopus is a part of the Inebriart Podcast Network. So if you get a chance, please check out our sister shows like the Old Colony Cast, Bar Talk, and of course, Inebriart as Andy and fish chat with local artists over a couple of cold ones for more information or to subscribe to us or any of these other great shows including throwdown thursday just kidding they're not on this website please visit inebri-art.com i have been your host of the moment parrot i screwed up my own name this is like ridiculous this is not my day okay so i i i'm through it i've been your host jeff (laughs) i hope you had fun may all the radiation you encounter be below the mutagenic threshold. Good night, everybody.